Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Jose Cruz. We're talking today with none other than Guy Rogers. He's the CEO and president of Pinnacle Forum. And Pinnacle Forum is is out there helping transform leaders to transform culture. But before we get the guy today, and as we talk about Pinnacle Forum, just want to challenge you. How are you looking at your workplace today? When you went to work today, this Monday after this Monday morning, were you excited about the opportunity to to share what you learned yesterday? With the people that you work alongside today, did you go with an attitude of prayer? Did you go with that I work for him nation commitment on your mind that you were going to pray for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day? If you struggle with that today, remember, there's always tomorrow. And I'd like to just challenge you to go out to IWorkForHim.com and click on the I work for him nation flag. Join Martha and I and thousands of people from around the globe making that commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day, being instruments of God's peace to the workplace, iWorkForHim.com. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. You know, it's five weeks until the election tomorrow. Just a reminder, if you haven't registered to vote in your community around the country, now is the time. Your voice needs to be heard. It's an incredible gift we've been given to be able to vote Yours needs to be heard as well. Please get out there and vote for the election. The gift that we've been given to have a right to vote is something that billions of people across the world do not have. But we have it here in this country. Just a reminder, get out and register to vote today. A lot of you can do it online, but the deadlines are coming up very quickly to be able to register to vote in the upcoming election. Guy Rogers with Pinnacle Forum. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks for having me, Jim. It's my pleasure. Guy, I apologize. Normally, right before the show, I get to pray with my guests so that we just can really lay the, the, the show up in the Lord's hands. And we had a, lot, a little bit of technical stuff going on before the, the show. So I wondered if it's all right if we just pray right now before we get into our conversation. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Lord, we just lift up this conversation today between Guy and myself and Lord, the conversation about Pinnacle Forum. We just ask that your hands would be upon us, that our words would be your words, and that you would speak through us in a way that people listening today would be inspired to dig deeper in their faith and recognizing that their workplace is their mission field. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be on there, for those that have provided for us to be on there. And we just give this conversation to you. Amen. Amen. All right, I normally get to do that ahead of time. I didn't get to, but I can't start a show without prayer, so we had to do that. Before we get into the conversation on Pinnacle Form, I really want to take a moment and just say, 
every day I ask this question of our guests. Talk to me about how you've noticed the Lord involving himself in the intimate details of your life. How have you caught him going, hey, guy, I got something for you here. Here's something in the intimate details of your life I'm going to help you with. What have you noticed recently? Well, I just had this happen Saturday morning. Um, I, um, I'm one of those people who's not a real good sleeper, so I wake up frequently, and, and I found that oftentimes waking up in the middle of the night and spending an hour or two in prayer with the Lord is like the best time I have. Um, so I've, I've welcomed that in my life, and, and I was up about 4 o'clock Saturday morning, and um, I wasn't even thinking about this specifically, but we have a monthly uh, video conference call with our Pinnacle Forum chapter executive directors and market leaders, and we finished a particular study, and we're kind of questioning, what do we go next? What do we do? So I'm taking my Bible. I'm right now using what's called the Revival, Buddy, Bible, or the Revival Study Bible. And I'm leafing through the back of some of the commentaries, and I've come across this section, and I'm starting to read through it, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, this is perfect. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. I've got, I found it, and I went, I, I, and I hadn't even thought about it, I glanced through it briefly maybe a year and a half ago, and it was perfect for what we need to do next. And I went, Lord, thank you for directing me to that, because, you know, it's like it's back where the maps are, you know. Sure. And, uh, and, and it was just, the timing was right. I, and the more I read it, I started underlining things and went, wow, what a gift. Thank you. So, and and, and it's, so, it's so amazing when we see the hand of our Heavenly Father in those details of our lives, that He really does care. If we'll just listen and pay attention, He really does care. Guy, how did you become a Christ follower? Well, that's, that's a really interesting story. Um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, my home life was such that when I used the phrase growing up in an unchurched home, I define it by saying, if you'd asked me at the age of 16 why crosses were on churches, I couldn't have told you. I, I wouldn't have had an answer for it because I didn't know why. Um, Two years later, uh, I, I, in my senior year in high school, I got involved with Young Life. Uh, my, par- my locker partner invited me to a Young Life meeting, and that led to a series of events that culminated in me going to a Young Life camp the summer after I graduated from high school. And I will be very honest with anybody who asked. There were a whole lot of reasons other than looking for God at that time, not the least of which when my partner said there were a lot of cute girls in Young Life. He wasn't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and um but interesting how God uses even that and uh I got really uh, dramatic salvation experience at this young life camp I mean mm. to the point where physically the world looked different to me um I didn't know very much and so I was this very zealous passionate about trying to follow who this Jesus is and that got me on a started me on a journey that has now carried me 43 years Talk to me about how the Pinnacle Forum was formed. Where did it come from? About 20 years ago, uh, Dr. Bill Bright, of course, I'm sure your listeners know who he is, um, uh, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, and has impacted so many things that would take more time than we'd have to even talk about all of them. But he, he approached a group of leaders in the Phoenix area, and he said to them, you know, we have all kinds of good churches in this country, and we have all kinds of great parachurch ministries, but it seems the culture continues to decline. And that was 20 years ago he said that. Imagine what he'd be saying today. Um, and he said, I'm persuaded that 
what needs to happen is for high-capacity, influential Christian leaders to begin to network together and work together towards being intentional about impacting and changing culture in the world around them in their communities. And out of that inspiration came a group of leaders who started uh, some Pinnacle Forum meetings in the in the uh, the Phoenix Scottsdale area, and over time it eventually got planted in some other states, and so we're, we have a presence in right now about 11 states, um, but our goal is to go uh, to this, for this to be a national, a national movement in the next five years. Well, we're going to talk about the details of what Pinnacle Forum is all about, but how did you become its leader? You mentioned before the break that you came to Christ at a Young Life camp, which is phenomenal. I know a lot of people whose lives have been impacted by Young Life. What a great ministry, and it touched a lot of lives of today's leaders. And 43 years you've been walking with the Lord. How did you come to be its leader? You haven't been doing this for a long time, have you? No, I started a year ago, a year ago, October 1st, 2015. Um I'll try to be as brief as I can because I have to go back uh, to 1978 to set the stage for this. In 1978, God led me to a man who was the president of a Bible school in Omaha, and that man discipled me for four years. And during that four years, uh, by the way, I mean, I went through a whole transformation of worldview, life, everything. I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal experience. And God awakened in me four passions during that four years. The first was to see genuine spiritual revival uh, just absolutely rip through the body of Christ in America. Second, to see cultural transformation. Third, to see a restoration of the Jesus model of discipleship. And fourth, to see a restoration of strong biblical thinking uh, through apologetics and worldview. So I carried these around for the next 35 years. The Lord led me into areas I never expected to go, the political world, grassroots organizations, issues advocacy, but was involved in, in doing things that were carrying out you know, at least a couple of those passions. And about three years ago, I left an organization that I helped start up, a national chapter-based organization, because I knew God was taking me in another direction. I just didn't know what it was yet. I did consulting work for about a year and a half, and one day I'm on my computer, and a search firm that I've been working with to send out this email of opportunities, and here comes one that says, an organization called Pinnacle Forum is looking for a president and CEO. So I click through the website, and I, the first thing I see is the motto, Transforming Leaders to Transform Culture. And I remember sitting back in my chair and went, Lord, I, I, I think you're calling me to this. And I brought my wife in because I was working in a home office at that time. And I brought my wife in and she said, I think you really need to go after this. So I did. I, I sent in and said I'm interested. And they sent out the questionnaire. And, and um, um, it moved pretty fast at that point, really fast as a matter of fact. But that's, that's how it happened. So what about your background led you to go, wait a minute, that's a mission. I mean, you shared about discipleship. You shared about that discipleship. What an amazing thing it was that you had four years of a mentor, somebody that invested in your lives. But those 35 years in, in, in industry, business and industry and ministry, what about those that said, wait a minute, Pinnacle Forum, that's where I, that's where I want to spend my waning years of working. I mean, what, what about that? Said, well, that's where I want to be. Yes. Um, the things that I did, out in what's called uh, the issues advocacy world, grassroots activism, and so on. Some of your listeners may remember an organization called the Christian Coalition. Sure, absolutely. Um, I was the first national field director of that back in the early 90s. Wow, and, okay. And I was there for three years, and it's early years, uh, and our, our rapid growth during that time. And what I did is I brought 
to these types of organizations, these types of, of callings, you know, the, the, this, the value in, in finding good leaders, in finding good leaders and helping equipping and empowering them to do what God had called them to do. It's a discipleship model. Um, and I'm persuaded that one of the reasons that I did experience success in those types of things was because of that particular passion for, for just wanting to see people blossom in whatever the potential that God has called them to do and be. So I've done this in various ways working with political candidates, for instance, um, for over 30 years. So now you ca- I come to something where the very heart and soul of the organization is to see influential leaders grow in Christ, be transformed from within, the inside out, and then take this and discover what is it that God has called me uniquely to do, to be a Christ-bearer in the culture around me. I mean, it's just like, okay, Lord, I see 30 years of preparation, here I am. It just, it just absolutely seemed like one of those, how could you miss it? You'd have to be a blind man not to see it. <laughs> I remember when the Christian Coalition really came on its own during the 94 election when the contract for America was out there like, hey, we need some real change. And I remember going, wow, this Christian Coalition, they interview, they interview political candidates. They get their views on all these subjects, so you know exactly how they stand. That was the beginning of really educating the the voter on here's how these people truly vote here's how they really feel that was a phenomenal time in in our country's history uh, I, i'll never forget 1992 we did our first national voter guides and i was tasked with managing the entire national voter guide program and in many states we went all the way down to state legislative races and that was pre-internet days there wasn't anything online so we had to get the information we had to assemble it we had to research it we had to print voter guides or to ship voter guides i mean it was an absolutely monumental task and we got out about forty million of them to the churches that year and uh, it was yeah you're right people we, we saw the impact in many elections across the country where people said i didn't know that candidate a believed that or had voted that way um, so today we have the benefit of obviously online uh, uh voter guide platforms and so on. I've actually worked with an organization who does one of those called iVoterGuide.com. But we were really, I think, in the early years of that, a Christian coalition of trying to increase the, the information base of Christian voters to vote more according to the values they hold rather than kind of what they were just picking up through the media around them. So you had the opportunity to disciple and feed into the lives of a lot of influential leaders, some of which were politicians, you're saying. Yes, I did. Um, I have some some friends who have been and actually still are members of Congress, for instance. Um, um, I've uh, I've had clients who've been uh, like like in state government, and and there is a real opportunity there. And I, as a cons- I did this as a consultant, where I was able to help draw out of them. Why do you even want to do this? It, it was the first question I would ask somebody who came to me and said, "I want to run for U.S. Senate," for instance. And so my first question was, why? Why do you want That's to do good, that? Yeah, why in your right mind would you want to do that? Well, yeah, yeah anymore today, you'd actually ask, you'd ask it twice. Um, uh, because I wanted them to be able, if they couldn't tell me why, then let's, let's dig in and find out why. Because it's one of the things that voters are looking for, uh, even if they don't necessarily enunciate it. They're looking for, why does this person want to be in this position? And so that exercise in and of itself was helpful for me to help, you know, to help 
in effect, create kind of a discipleship for that candidate, but for that candidate to actually be able to get very fine-tuned, okay, this is why I want to do this, and it create the whole foundation for the rest of the campaign. All right, now I've pulled you off topic because we're not talking about Pinnacle Forum, but I grabbed onto your, your years at Christian Coalition. But it's, in, it's phenomenal to me that you worked intentionally in investing in the lives of inf- influential leaders, and that's what Pinnacle Forum is all about. You mentioned before the break that there was about 11 states where you've got Pinnacle Forums going on. What are some of those states? Uh, Arizona, California, South Dakota, Illinois, uh, Florida. We've got some. We've got activity in the Panhandle and also in Central Florida, there in the Orlando area, um, uh, Wisconsin, Texas. Uh, so uh, we're there's. We've got a lot of room for growth yet. Our biggest years in terms of growth and potential are in, are still in front of us. And um, what I'm most excited about is this message of what Pinnacle Forum is about. This vision for transforming leaders to transform culture. It couldn't be more needed than right now. That's um, for sure. And couldn't be more needed than right now. Matter of fact, I honestly think, Jim, 20 years ago, there were a lot of Christian leaders who would ask the question, well, what about culture needs to be transformed? <laughs> yeah. um, they're not asking that question today. Uh, no, that's like, pretty... what can it, I do, or ha- is it too late? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious. Hi, right, we're talking today. Oh, another fast-moving conversation with Guy Rogers, president and CEO of Pinnacle Forum. Guy, as we dig into Pinnacle Forum and understanding what it's all about, why don't you just talk about that mission? That what is the mission, the main mission for Pinnacle Forum? Well, our, our mission is to is to is to work with influential leaders to encourage and equip them through confidential forums supported through a na- by a national network to then engage in personal con- and cultural transformation that honors Jesus Christ. So it has a couple of, couple of pieces of that. The first is, is what we call our confidential form. It's, it's the key medium. It's the key vehicle by which we believe this will happen. We bring together uh, men and women in confidential forms. Uh, probably six to ten on average would be the number of... And the goal there is to be more than a Bible study, more than like a men's group or a women's group, but be one that actually has as its goal, a specific goal of, we want you to grow in Christ and discover and apply what God has called you to do in the transformation culture around you. And, and so it's, it's... And we like to use the word flourishing, flourishing God honor and Christ honor and culture, um, because that's really what I think Jesus intended for us to have it, with respect to culture is one that is flourishing. Doesn't mean every person in it was, is a Christian. Doesn't mean every person in it uh, goes to church, knows the Lord. But even those who don't in a flourishing culture, they benefit from that. They so, benefit from a culture that's flourishing rather than one that is that is drowning. All right. So the the people that are in the that are participating in the forum, you've got on your website it talks about participants and it talks about partners. So these six to ten people that you're talking about that are in this confidential forum, that are in local small groups, that are really focused on uh, just sharing where they're at in life and trying to influence these influential leaders and, and guide and disciple them. Who are these people? Who are the participants? Who's the ideal candidate for that? 
Well, we identify people coming into Pinnacle Forum using those two categories, participant and partner. Participant is someone who says, you know, I like what I hear. I'd like to get involved in a forum, kind of, kind of check it out, taste and see, if you will. And so we invite them in to become part of a forum. If there's not one in their area, we plug them into a, a video teleforum or conference call forum, and we have a handful of those around the country for people who are in areas where we don't actually have one in their geographic area. And they come in as a participant and try it out for a few months and say, is this really what God would call me to be part of? Um, we want them to then move, if they want to stay with us, move to a place of becoming what we call a partner. And a partner, it's, it's a higher level of commitment. There's a financial commitment of a, of a, of a gift of, of at least $100 a month. Uh, there's a commitment with respect to being part of that forum. There's a commitment to Pinnacle Forum with respect to its national conference and other things we do. So that's really the difference. And um, the reason we use the word partner is because, and we don't use member, is because we see people who come to this who are those kinds of influential leaders as people who they partner with what our mission is, and through them we work the mission out. So are these uh, forums that you have, are, are these all-day events? Are these an hour or two hours? How long, how long is a forum meeting? It, it varies. A typical forum meets anywhere from two to four times a month. Some meet every week, some meet every other week, and they run typically around an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half. So between an hour to an hour and a half, um, I just went to my forum this morning. I'm a, I facilitate a forum here in the uh, Phoenix area. We meet at 7, 7 o'clock on Monday, every other Monday morning, go to about 8.30. And um, uh, it, so it does vary, but we do have, those tend to be the, the parameters in which they operate. So talk to me about what these meetings look like, or you don't want to call them meeting, what these forums look like. What, is, what do they look like? Okay, let's take a let's take a typical forum experience. So you got let's say we have six six men in a forum, okay, and we get together. And the first thing we do. Well, is I'm we just going to stop there for a second. Are the, so are the forums broken up into all male and all female, or do you have some co-ed groups? Typically, they're either men or or, or women. Yes. Okay. All right. um, and we do encourage it for a number of reasons. There are a couple of forums that are co-ed, but we really we really do encourage men to be in a forum with men and women to be in a forum with women. Okay. Um, and so the first thing we do is we do a check-in. Uh, we, can, we, we have a check-in sheet that, they, that forums can use. Some use it, some don't. But the purpose of the check-in is to get the, if you will, the, the pulse of each person. So how would you characterize where you are in your life right now with respect to your family, your, your business or your vocation, you know, your walk with the Lord? And so we share that around the group. And what we t- typically discover is that, you know, there's somebody there who they really need some extra encouraging that day. They need some prayer for something. Maybe they need a little feedback or wisdom for something. So we begin there. Then we move to the, the, the part of the forum that we, uh, we so that's the, what we call the encourage part. And, I, uh, and I'll talk about a minute that, about our 4E strategy. And then we move into an equipping part where we use uh, books, resources that are really geared towards leading us to be better, not only personally transformed, but cultural transformers. Um, so, for instance, one of the books that, uh, that, I, that one of our, some of our forums are using is called The Conviction to Lead by Albert Moeller. Um, there are many others, but that's an example. And we go through that and we discuss that in terms of what does that mean to us personally and, and, and how can we apply that in our lives. And then the last thing we do is we, we try to get to a point where, okay, you know, we've, we've 
encouraged each other. We've had time. We've had a little time of prayer together as a result of that. Um, we've looked at some study, but really now, where does this go in terms of how can we be better executing out in the community around us? How can we engage the culture? And so we we have things. We actually have a forum facilitator guide, for instance, that has provided each forum facilitator to help them be able to conduct an effective forum, uh, because it's not a teacher-student model. You know, Jim, one of the, the most common model today in, in, in Christianity in America is a teacher-student model. Uh, the pastor speaks to the congregation in a message. That's a teacher-student model. You go to a Bible study, somebody teaches the Bible, that's a teacher-student model. Sunday school, teacher-student model. We, we're designed to be a peer-to-peer model. Right. So that what happens is we so the facilitator is not the teacher the facilitator is the person who helps bring out and helps draw out from each person um, you know who they are how they grow and it so it becomes much more of a of a back and forth as as an engagement rather than you know somebody's talking and you're more passively just receiving. Right, we're talking today with Guy Rogers. He's the president and CEO of Pinnacle Forum. You can find out more about him online at pinnacleforum.com, how you can get involved. Yes, there's groups here in Florida and around the country. You can find out more online about where they are. You can get involved on an online group if you can't find one locally, or you can help start one locally in an area near you. So what size of businesses are the leaders that you've got in these Pinnacle Forum groups? What size businesses are they involved in? It really varies. Uh, we have entrepreneurs of of smaller companies. Um, we have people who are, I mean, they're in businesses worth tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. We also have people who are leaders in education. We have a person who used to be the president of a school board association in their state. We've got uh, former NFL football players. Uh, we have people who have been are in the state legislature, uh, for instance. We've got people in the arts and entertainment world. So it's really the, the thing that most defines what we're looking for is people who by virtue of who they are, can be, def- can be defined as high-capacity influencers. Guy, as we were starting to talk right before the bottom of the half hour about you guys raising up leaders, identifying where they have influence, you would love people to be involved in a forum and then help people recognize where they have influence over certain sections of our culture. But I, I, as I was studying on your website, you've identified seven areas, seven mountains of culture. So what are those mountains that you talk about? Yes, this was actually, there are people like Francis Schaefer, Bill Bright, um, Lauren Cunningham, Youth of the Mission, who came up with these about 40-some years ago now, and they identified seven key, in other ways, they're referred to as pillars of culture, uh, where influence within those direct where a culture goes. Uh, government, military, media, religion, arts and entertainment, business, education, and family. And um, so what we do is, our, our objective here is to touch all seven mountains of culture. Uh, and so we are looking for leaders who either are in those areas or they may be, for instance, a business leader, maybe someone who really feels a passion to impact the education mountain. So that's part of a big part of what we try to do here in Pinnacle Forum, because interestingly enough, Jim, what I've discovered is that you can you can find very successful entrepreneurs, very successful business leaders. I mean, people who they've built multi-million dollar companies. And then if you ask them the question, so what do you believe God has called you to do to change the world around you? And you get a blank stare. 
Um, it's or you get well. I'm a good father. I run a good business, and, and those things are all good. And I'm not trying to diminish those, but to get beyond those, and I, it, it's really an interesting exercise to have with people. And I think part of the reason is is that we have been deficient in evangelical Christianity for decades in helping people to understand that my Christ calling is not goes beyond my family and my my you know going to work um and even for many, they don't understand how their Christ calling should impact their work, because we haven't done a good job of teaching that in the body of Christ. And well, so, and that's, and that's really the, that's really the conversation we're trying to engage pastors and helping them recognize. Listen, pastors, you're equipping Christ followers who have an influence over the marketplace, over every workplace that's out there. Help them understand how their workplace is an influence place, how it is a mission field, how how we can be influencers through the power of prayer and engaging in relationships because as marketplace, workplace believers, we have more access to pre-Christians than pastors, most most of them ever will, because we, we're out there in it. Uh, that's exactly correct, Jim, and, and we're dealing with right now decades of an implicit understanding in, in, in Christianity uh, I remember the first time I heard this, would have probably about, um, it was during this time I was being discipled, and I was, I don't remember where it was, but someone was talking about, okay, seek what God has called you to do, and if you really want to serve Christ, consider being a pastor or a missionary. And I reflected on that for a while, and I thought to myself, so what does that make the rest of us? Yeah, uh, it makes us committee members. Yeah, makes us committee members and donators. That's what it made us. Uh, maybe a small group leader. All right. So why is it so important that we as Christ followers and, and really you, people? There are other organizations that have been on this show that that say, "Listen, you're a leader if you have influence over one person because you 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 are influencing at least one person." But why is it so important for us to recognize? the fact that we can influence those seven areas of culture, government, military, media, religion, arts and entertainment, business, education, and family. Why is our influence so important, so key, Guy? Why is it? Well, let me ask it this way. Let's flip it around. Um, how, has those, how have those who don't agree with us, how, how have they advanced what they believe through culture? What have they done? They have absolutely dominated the cultural conversations for 40 or 50 years. They have control right. of the media. They have control. Of, they got control. Of, let's see. Let's look at it. From your top list, government, military. Okay, they've got control of that. Uh, media. Yep, no question on that. Religion. Yep, they've kind of made, they've brought the church to a spot of, of on the brink of irrelevance arts and entertainment they totally have control of that business yeah they totally told us hey leave your faith at home faith has nothing to do with business yep. i don't know education they've they control the educational agenda and family they've destroyed the family i'll give you one example your listeners may know some of your listeners may recognize the name john dewey john dewey was a leading a force for education within education in the early part of the 20th century. And what he did is he got his and his followers got control of some of the key teacher training colleges and, and basically brought their philosophy of how we should educate into the teachers who are the ones who are equipping the next generation. Took a few generations, but it is eventually filtered out throughout all of education in America. Um, same thing happened in the law schools. So what they, what they demonstrated to us 
And James Davison Hunter, in his book, To Change the World, does a really good job of documenting how a small group of people who are well-networked, who work within overlapping spheres of culture, who use their resources, and who leverage their influence, how they can have a profound impact on culture over the course of a generation or two. We've seen this happen from the, let's say, it's called the secular left perspective. So what does that say to us? Well, if we believe that God, and, uh, God has called us to be salt and light in, in the world around us, and there are, by the way, Jim, there are Christians who believe we shouldn't try to do anything about culture. There are. There are those who believe we should just you know, invite people to come to know Jesus Christ because the whole culture is collapsing, and, and it's called a lifeboat theology, and come on our lifeboat to know Christ because when the culture all collapses you know, or sinks, in the case of a Titanic, for instance, then you'll be on the lifeboat with us. Um, but if you believe, if you're a person who believes that we do have a calling and responsibility to improve the world around us, to be someone who, by letting our light shine, does that, then we need to be serious about where we can network with other leaders and engage in doing that. Because, as the other side has demonstrated, um, it can be done for good or bad. So... We're talking today with Guy Rogers. He's the president and CEO of the Pinnacle of Pinnacle Forum. You can find out more about him online at pinnacleforum.com. Guy, as we look at at the influence on these seven mountains of culture, how does Pinnacle Forum help equip the leaders that you guys are influencing to take their influence and and put it out there against these on top of not against but on top of these mountains of culture? How does Pinnacle Forum using their platform to do this? Well, let me give you a, an example that's in our forum facilitator guide that we encourage our forums to do. We encourage our, the people in our forums to write out what's called a cultural impact plan. You know, you wouldn't start a business without a business plan. Um, family counselors will tell you it's a good thing to write a family you know, plan for like five or ten years. Where do we want to be as a family financially and so on with our children? And what, what we encourage our people to think about, okay, what about a cultural impact plan? What about actually thinking through, okay, what gifts and talents do I have? What, what things around me do I see in the world that make me slam my fist on the table and say, somebody's got to do something that, that, that I'm passionate about? And so writing out a, a, it may only be one page, it may be longer, but, but actually putting down on paper, uh, answers to questions about how I can be a change agent in culture, and then we share that in our forums. We share that between each other. We discuss it. We give feedback. And what that does is that helps each of us better understand, better define not only what that calling is, but ideas and strategies on how to actually go out and do something about it. Because right, so it's one thing to say I'm passionate about changing education. Okay, great. Now what? Well, that's what, what I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear some specific examples. So, why don't you talk about some things that people have written down and said? Okay, they've done their cultural impact plan. Great. Here's asked, a great example. And this was before we had even cultural impact plans in our forum. But this one, and I think most of your listeners will recognize this because they've probably seen the films. Um, God's not dead. Have you seen that? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Okay. God's not dead. God's not dead too. Uh, put out by a company called Pureflix. Their offices are here in Scottsdale, not too far from where our Pinnacle Forum offices are. 
The four men who came together to create the company PureFlix, one of them got involved in Pinnacle Forum uh, a few years before they actually got PureFlix off the ground. And as a result of his experience of being in that interaction with other leaders and him sharing the vision for this, they not only gathered around him and helped encourage him to do it and help give him direction on how to do it, they actually helped, many of them helped fund the God's Not Dead film. So even though when you look at God's Not Dead, you won't see on the credits Pinnacle Forum or anything of that nature, Pinnacle Forum's involvement in the leaders in PureFlix had an enormous impact on PureFlix even coming into being and then in doing some of the things it has done with films like God's Not Dead. I was talking to the COO of, of PureFlix recently, and he said they now estimate that as many as 50 million people have seen God's Not Dead. That's well, how do you quantify number. the impact? How do you quantify the impact of that? You can't. Um, so that's an example, you know, just one example of how Pinnacle Forum, through its forum process, can impact key leaders to then go out and pursue what God has called them to do and have an enormous disproportional impact on the culture. Give another example for maybe somebody that's not as uh, grandiose as a guy that's running PureFlix. What about one of your real small business people who all of a sudden understood that they can have an influence, even on their local community. You got a good example of, of somebody that took it and ran there locally? I do, I do. And actually, I'll, I'll refer to an entire community, Modesto, California. Modesto, California, um, 20 years ago had the, well, let's, they, they were identified as one of the worst cities in America to live in. Pinnacle Forum planted its flag in Modesto about a decade ago and drew in leaders in, in business, entrepreneurs, and so on, some educational leaders, and they have filtered out through all aspects of that community. It's about 250,000 people, and they filtered out through all aspects of the community through their, their I think there's like, I think there's eight or, there's nine forums there, and here, one of them, for instance, created uh, something called Love Modesto, where he brought together ministries to collaborate and work together for city transformation rather than working separately, working more together. They actually brought a number of the ministries together in a single building and got them so they could rent office space together at a reduced rate by being in that building because they were coming wow. in, in in a volume discount, if you will. Plus, just having a ministry right outside the door means you could walk into the door and talk to somebody and share ideas. So they've had this enormous impact to the point today where at our national conference last April, um, one of our partners there who is on the school board went through a list of measurements, crime rates, dropout rates, and on every measurement of culture, things have improved in the last 10 years. Now, I'm not saying the Pinnacle Forum alone could take credit for that, because this has been a community-wide effort. But I know, talking to the people who have been a part of it, that it was those leaders who went out and they got involved and worked together that it created this city transformation. It's amazing what God can do with willing leaders to influence their society, their local community. We're talking today with Guy Rogers, President and CEO of Pinnacle Forum. You want to find out how you can start a Pinnacle Forum group right here in Tampa Bay, maybe in your local community, wherever you're listening to us today, whether you're listening to the podcast later on down the road and you're in some foreign country, there are ways for you to start a Pinnacle Forum near you. Go out to their website, PinnacleForum.com, PinnacleForum.com. Guy, a question. How, what is the most common thing you see Christ followers that are leaders in business struggling or leaders in their community struggling with their faith on how to connect it to their day-to-day? -day? What do you see that them struggling with consistently? 
Wow. Um, I'll tell you what I see today, and this is what I'm. This is the feedback I'm getting not only from talking to individuals who are in the workplace, but leaders of other workplace ministry organizations. Is fear? Fear. Hmm. And do you fear um, like what? Fear of what? Fear a fear of recrimination if they come if they're too open about being a Christian. Fear of of blowback. Uh, fear of of potential in terms of their job. This is true, by the way, of of sea level executives in big corporations um, who are dealing with an increasingly hostile environment. I'll share a quick little example of what I'm talking about. I was on the phone a week a week and a half ago with an individual who has been talking to. Uh, over, uh, he talked to 159 corporations and who they have employee resource groups for, ERGs. And they've got them for everything from Muslims and LGBT and everything in between. You can link up with other people in the company who share your particular whatever it is you want to connect on. And he asked them, all 159 of them, do you have an employee resource group for Christians? Guess how many out of 159 said they did? Ten. Nope. Zero. Oh, come on! Zero of the 159. And not only did they not have a single one of have it, but he said the, the, the feedback he was getting and talked to them was they thought either it would be too difficult to do or too controversial or, in some cases, weren't even interested at all. And um, so we've got a situation developing really rapidly and this has just been coming over the last several years, but certainly the last five years, where the isolation of the believer in the workplace, uh, especially in a bigger company. Now, if you're a smaller business business person, it's a different it's a different um, uh, dynamic. But that dynamic becomes something like, well, if I'm too open about my my beliefs, will it cost me customers? Right. Uh, will it impact my bottom line? So when I use the word fear, it's interesting because what we're seeing happening, and I think is a very healthy thing in Christianity, is a growing, we need to be an integrated whole as a believer, not a, not a Sunday only, but a 24-7 Christian, which means in our workplace, in the environment we're at, whatever. At the same time, what are we seeing happening in the workplace? An All increasing right. hostility to what it means to be a believer. Sorry, we're almost out of time, and I really want people to know how can they get a group started here in Tampa Bay or in their local city where they're listening today. we only got 45 seconds. Tell them how they can get one started. Real simple. If they go to our website um, and they look under becoming a partner, there is, there's a thing called how to become a participant. They can actually fill out a form they wanna, if they want to participate in a form, or, and it will work from there. They can also just email us, info at pinnacleforum.com, and say, I'd be interested in finding out more about how to get involved with Pinnacle Forum. Those two options, and uh, well, I just got one from a gentleman who heard me on another program well, a week ago from northern Iowa, and I've connected him to a video teleform that's being facilitated by our Wisconsin uh, chapter executive director. So that's, that's fantastic. How they do it. Guy Rogers, thank you so much for bringing Pinnacle Forum to I work for him. I hope to collaborate a lot more going forward, but thank you so much for your time today. Hey, Jim, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. If you want to find out more about Pinnacle Forum, go online, PinnacleForum.com. That's PinnacleForum.com. Find out how you can influence your culture and how you can surround yourself with other people who are looking to do the same thing so we can take this culture back and influence it for Christ. You've been listening to I work for him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately... I work for him.